Hi, my name's Paul. And my name is Reese. And you're listening to No Garnish. I drink your milkshake. I drink it all up. I drink it. I drink it. I drink it. I drink it. I am the third revelation, not you. You are the one that slipped out a brandy sow. Yes, they should put you in a drawer. Mm, yes, they should. I was actually doing his wow. monologue. Wow. What? Did you like that? Yeah, that's good. Was that all right, was, was it? intense, yeah. I was doing his monologue. I was scared. Were you? Yeah. Should I do a little, little monologue extract? Very quickly. If I don't find it quick enough, the moment will have passed. Yeah. Can we... <laughs> I think it has. <laughs> that was good. What you did was good. Was it good enough? Let's leave it there. So, Paul, um, this is delicious, this cocktail. What is it? It's the Manhattan. Ooh, I've always wanted to have a Manhattan. You never had one before. No, this is the first time. And because um, it's quite it's quite a famous cocktail, isn't it? It's one of the all-time classics. Is it? I think, possibly, Manhattan is my favourite cocktail. Is it? It was the first, Ooh. it was the cocktail that got me into cocktails. Right. I don't drink as many as I used to, but when I come back to them, so I'm what home. I feel like I'm home. For me, it's like a hug. Oh, a hug. I that's, like it. Yeah, that's what it's like. It's you find like it quite. Hug. You find it quite comforting. I find it extremely comforting. Oh, that's nice. I like that. It's like a hug. It's like a sort of furry bear hug. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah but it's quite, it's quite gruff still, isn't it? Yes. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's like being Tough but tender. Like me? Yeah. I'm tough but tender. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like a big furry bear as yeah, well. you are. So basically, I'm like the Manhattan. Maybe that's my cocktail then, the Manhattan. If I, if you were going to describe yourself as a cocktail, I would describe myself as a Manhattan. Weirdly, yeah. that was a question that someone had sent in. No way. Yeah, you've preempted that. Oh my God, I and love you, it. And you totally didn't know about that, did you? I was going to spring this on you later. Do, 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 Twilight Zone. You're not going to be happy about their name. Why? Because they're called Wolfie. Wolfie? Yeah. They're, they are actually called... <clears throat> sorry, my voice went a bit high there. <laughs> they are actually called Wolfie. Oh, my God. It seems a remarkable coincidence. I think maybe they were doing that to wind you up. Oh, my God. I love the fact... What, what's their surname? Just said Wolfie. Wolfie, you're, you're amazing. <laughs> I'm a little bit enamoured. You've got the name I've always wanted. And and they wrote in and said, what is... If you were a cocktail, what cocktail would Ooh, you be? Because I always thought I'd be like a flannel shirt. But actually, I think I am a Manhattan. No, you are a flannel shirt. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's this difference. There's the cocktail you would like to be. Yeah. And there's the cocktail that other people think you are. Do you think? You, you think I'm a flannel shirt? Yeah. Do you think I'll grow into being a Manhattan? Maybe. See, I'd quite like to be a Manhattan, yeah. but I don't think I am. I think you'd be something smoky. Mm. I think there's a bit of sweetness, because you're a sweet guy, so there's a sweetness in it. There'd be a bit of warmth, but there has to be a bitterness to it as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there have to be some stubborn bitterness in it. This reminded me of when I asked someone years ago, of, yeah. um, if I was an animal, what animal do you think I'd be? Yeah. You know, and I'm hoping, oh, something noble. Thought about it for a minute. What would you want to be? Yeah, something like a lion or a horse or... (laughs) A lion or a horse. A lion or a horse. (laughs) Oh, right. But his response was, oh, I think you'd be a squirrel. Oh, the squirrels are cool. And I was a bit insulted, but he actually meant that as a compliment. He thought, well, you're really industrious. Right. Like a squirrel. You're always busy doing something. Yeah, yeah. So I saw where it was coming from, but um, yeah, as a power animal... It's not great, is it, being a squirrel? Do you know what I would love to be? 
They were a bit erratic. I would love to be a flying squirrel. Oh, they're just amazing. See, a flying squirrel's cool. But I think mm. to be a flying squirrel, I think you have to be into extreme sports. <laughs> you know, like those wingsuits. Yeah, because they look like flying squirrels. To what, be honest, think, what animal do you think I would be? Oh, animal? Yeah, before we move on. Bear. A bear? Yeah. Do you think? A panda? Yeah. Panda? Yeah. Not a panda. Not a panda? No. A bear? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I like a bear. Yeah. Which, what type of bear? Grizzly bear. A grizzly bear? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, right. Smacking salmon out of the water in some Alaskan <laughs> river. <laughs> I love it. Smacking all the twink salmon. Um, yeah, okay. That's cool. I'd like to, like, I would like to be a raccoon. I always love raccoons. <laughs> They're really fun, aren't they? They're really, like, mischievous. Aren't they really trashy? They're really trashy as well. Yeah, trash pandas. Trash pandas. I'd like to be a it. trash panda. Yeah. But I don't think... I think a bear, I think that's a very honourable thing. And I am big and I'm burly and I'm cuddly, but I am quite ferocious as well. I think a lot of people think when they first meet me that I'm quite mild-mannered and quite um, like a nice person. And then they see me <laughs> flip and they're like, fucking hell, Jesus, there's a whole side of Reese that we just no idea existed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think it always takes people off guard. Oh, I'm, I'm relating. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever flipped out at you. I, I wouldn't want you to. You've never seen a full flip out. Carl, oh, this, this Manhattan is such a nice cocktail. I love the look of it. And with the cherry in it, it reminds me of uh, the bit in uh, Jurassic Park where they've got the mosquito and the amber. Okay. And they're like, ooh, this has got dino DNA. <laughs> I was listening to a radio program this morning where they were talking about the sounds that dinosaurs actually made. Oh, right. And how dinosaurs didn't really roar. Oh, really? Did they not? No, they basically kind of honked and made very loud disgruntled noises, kind of... Because <laughs> apparently in order to roar, you need to have lips... Oh really? And dinosaurs don't have lips. So oh right, they so they roar. couldn't. So they just, they just, they were disgruntled. Yeah, <laughs> they just were just dino disgruntled. I like the idea of a Tyrannosaurus with a great big pair of lips, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> Looking all like saucy and sassy, like, yeah. oh darling, I've just got my lips done. <laughs> you need lips to roar. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. So the Manhattan. I love it when you did that. You went into Manhattan hands. Start talking about Manhattans. Okay. So bourbon or rye whiskey. Yeah. Sweet vermouth. Dash of Angostura bitters. Maraschino cherry. Very simple. Classic. First cocktail I got into. I, right. Yeah, I love them. I, I absolutely love them. Yeah, it's got a lovely, like, sort of brown sugary flavour to it. Yeah. Oh, I could get into this one. Because mm. I think the thing is, it's a it's a sipping cocktail. You know, you've got to take your time with it because it's very boozy. Have we got two of these or just this the one? There's more. <gasps> There's more? Oh, and my I, God. I so I made these ones with Angostura bitters. Ooh. You can use any bitters. I also brought some chocolate bitters because I, I thought you might like a chocolate Manhattan. Ooh. Chocolate Manhattan sounds really naughty. <laughs> does it sound like a euphemism it does. or something? I thought you like a chocolate Manhattan. <laughs> oh, I do. How did you know my guilty pleasure? The only thing about the Manhattan that's disappointing is that it doesn't have a story. 
Oh, doesn't it? No. No one really knows who created it. Oh, but I know the story of it. So I don't know. What, what do you mean there's no story? What do you mean? Well, I know the story of how the Manhattan was created. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. So it was um, John Angerstein had travelled from the UK on one of those big boats with the steam thing. Are you talking about the cocktail? Yeah. Are you making this up? No. Okay, go on. So John Angerstein went along on one of those big boats with the steam and the funnel thing. Yeah. He arrived in America. Yeah. And uh, he arrived in New York. And then he went into the first bar that he arrived into. Yeah. And um, he didn't have a job, didn't have anything. Um, he was kind of, you know, like an immigrant. And he had one of those little flat caps on. Right. Uh, and he spoke with a slightly jaunty accent. Okay. And uh, and he was just like, yeah, I can You're bartend. Doing, so for listeners, Reese was there just doing some Dick Van Dyke moves. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it's you such do. such a shame you couldn't see that. And then when he was in the bar, he said... Uh, I can make drinks. I, I'm, I'm great at making drinks, even though he'd never worked in a bar in his life. Right. And then they were like, okay, go on then, make us a drink. So he just picked out from the rack the alcohol, Yeah. put them in a drink, and went, there you go. And they're like, well, what's it called? And he just thought, well, that's the first thing that came to his head was Manhattan, because that's where he was. Right. So he said, well, that's a Manhattan. And they drank it, and they went, bloody hell, this is good. And then they gave him a job. And then that's how the Manhattan was invented. <laughs> you got such a good poker face. <laughs> you held that so well. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering, like, should I... I wanted to embellish it more to make it a better story, but then I thought if I embellished it too much, I wouldn't be able to keep a straight face. That's really a credible story. It's, Is it? Yeah, I have heard stories like that. Oh, okay. There are a couple of stories around the creation of this. One says that it was created by a guy called George Black at right. a bar called the Manhattan Inn in 1860s, 1870s. Okay. Another one says it was created at the Manhattan Club at a banquet being held by Jenny Jerome, who was the mother of Winston Churchill. But Jenny Jerome was in France pregnant with Winston Churchill at that time that that banquet was meant to be taking place so that right. story is pretty much debunked right but I learned something really interesting about Jenny Jerome Jenny Jerome was born in Brooklyn her mother was a quarter Iroquois Indian right and Jenny Jerome Winston Churchill's mum was one of the few women in high society with a tattoo right Winston Churchill's mum had a tattoo of a snake on her wrist oh right no way she was a pretty rock and roll lady wow yeah god I didn't know that that's cool isn't it that's really cool mm. so actually no one really knows where the Manhattan was created I don't how was the Manhattan created from that story I, I, I missed it <laughs> <laughs> that it was created at a banquet at the Manhattan Club that she was meant to have been hosting, except she can't have been because she wasn't in America at that time. Oh, right. Oh, so that, that story doesn't exist at all then? No, but it's still attached. Right. Because I think the Manhattan Club still perpetuates that story. Right, right, right. You know, oh, this is the birthplace of yeah. the Manhattan Cocktail because it's such a famous cocktail. It's weird. Now, now I'm thinking of Winston Churchill's mum. 
to be like the woman in um, Westworld who has the like snake tattoo all over her face and she's got like a cowboy hat on and she's not that, she's not that rock <laughs> like I'm like wow god Winston Churchill's mom absolute like <laughs> like some sort of pirate there's a bandolier of bullets and yeah six shooters yeah. oh my god there's a film in that isn't there yeah, Winston yeah. Churchill's mom the early years last thing about the Manhattan the first time the recipe was in print was 1884 in O.H. Byron's The Modern Bartender's Guide. Oh, okay. And if you order a Manhattan, you'll get a sweet Manhattan. Right. But if you want a dry Manhattan, it's made with dry vermouth. And a perfect Manhattan is 50-50, half dry vermouth, half sweet vermouth. Well, which, which is your favourite? Oh, definitely the sweet. Oh, is but, it? But, you know, if I'm fancying something dry, I'll have a dry Manhattan. Is it, Which one is this one? This is a, just a regular Manhattan. A oh, sweet, regular. A sweet Manhattan, but you wouldn't say, can I have a sweet Manhattan? It's kind of given that that's what you want if you ask for a Manhattan. Okay. You're going to get this first. I like, I like sweet ones. Yeah. I, I think if this was any less sweet, I wouldn't have liked it. I think yeah. you knew that, didn't you? I did know that, yeah. I'm glad you like it, though. Yeah, I, I really, didn't know how this was going to go down with you. Oh, really? Mm. I like I like the occasional swerve ball where you make me a cocktail that I really don't like. Um, and I think the only time <laughs> that's really ever happened was the... Um, Dirty Martini. Dirty Martini, yeah. You know, so I, I like that. And there have been some which I maybe haven't liked as much as others. I would do feel like the sessions that we have together where I really enjoy the cocktail generally go better don't they <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean we always pull it back by the end but it puts me in a better spirit definitely. yeah but we're gonna have to go there yeah because there's so many amazing drinks that I don't think you, at the moment you, you're quite braced for are there any cocktails with snakes blood in do you know I think there, there, I think there are should we do that I'm sure I've heard of some should we like do that? that can we not can we can can that can that be where we go to? You can get those um, snake blood. You can get those awful bottles of cheap whiskey from Southeast Asia that have scorpions and stuff. Oh and yeah, stuff. I don't like that. No, no, no. You actually want snake, real snakes? Blood. Yeah, real snake blood, please. Yeah. Okay. You said we're going to dark places with with the cocktails, and I think that's the darkest that we can go. <laughs> well, human blood. Human blood. No, that's just dangerous. Oh, okay. That's just silly. <laughs> That's just silly. silly. Okay. <laughs> um, Stick to snakes. What about that gin in the alcohol shop in town that has a black uh, squid ink in it? I thought that sounded quite interesting. This is true. Yeah. There's a bar in the Yukon, Western Canada. Yeah. They have a cocktail called the Sour Toe. It's a shot of Yukon whiskey. Yeah. But in that shot is a severed toe. What?! And if you let the toe touch your lips, you get a certificate saying you're a member of the Sour Toe Club. What? Well, whose toe is it? I can't remember. I remember reading about this ages ago. That can't be right. I think the toe has been replaced over the years. I think people have donated toes. Oh! I actually (laughs) feel a bit sick. And if you let the toe touch your lips... You become a member. I don't want to be a member. A member. 
<laughs> like, why well, would you want to be a member? Don't order one. Then. I find I find with this weird shit. Like, it's so weird. Where it's like, hey, if you do this really gross thing, you can be as uh, have a certificate of grossness, and it's like, f- absolutely not. So you wouldn't you wouldn't order Sato then? Absolutely no. You don't want to be a member off. of that club. No, okay. no. I find I find things like that weird. I, and this is coming from the person who's just asked to have a snake blood cocktail. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. I don't like things in things. I don't like, don't want, I don't want a worm in my tequila. I don't, I definitely don't want a scorpion. Mm. I don't want, you know, I don't like eyes in fish. But you know, when you order fish and you have a fish head yeah. and you've got the fish head looking at you like, why did you do this to me? And you're just like, why is that pleasant? I don't want, just take the head off. I don't want to see what, I don't want the suckers on a tentacle. I don't even want the tentacle. Can you just batter the tentacle, please? (laughs) So I don't have to see the suckers. (laughs) Don't want it. No, absolutely not. Get away. Fair enough. Kill it with fire. Um, yeah, it's weird in America, isn't it? They have all sorts of bars like that. There's that um, heart attack bar, isn't there? What's that? Uh, I think it's like it's called like heart attack or something. Where um, if you order the meal, the the massive meal, and it's something like you know a thou- ten thousand calories or something, and if you get through it all, you get a certificate, and you get the meal again. But it's called like the heart attack burger or something because it literally has got so much fat and grease in it yeah, right. that it that it would kill you. And then uh, everyone that works there dresses up either as doctors or sexy nurses. Oh, this is and now then they give you bit. like syringes of alcohol. And if you don't finish right. the meal, you go up and get spanked by the nurses with a paddle. I'm feeling more of an incentive not to finish it. <laughs> There's a whole other side of you that I hadn't seen. <laughs> a heart attack or being spanked by nurses? Well, I'll go for the nurse. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah. Paul's like, can I just have the spanking, please? <laughs> Do I have to have the meal? Can I just be spanked? I find uh, there was a whole... Funny sort of- enough, I watched... Because I used to watch some of those uh, man versus food clips. Yeah, I was going to say man versus food. But I watched an American girl, early 20s, quite slim. Yeah eat the biggest hamburger I've ever seen. Right. It was the size of a puff. Right. Of a puff? I couldn't think of a name for those things. <laughs> a poof. We used, to, what, what you, we used to call them... A poof. Poof. Yeah, but it's not a puff, is it? <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> you, you're offending You're offending my culture. We used to call them poofs. Um, I'm from North London. They're poofs out in North London. <laughs> poofs. You're from Bath. Yeah, but, but, it, but, but a puff... I, it, I know what you mean. <laughs> You can't say it. You're not. You're offending all the gay people on the show, and you're offending me. I'm all offended, the gay Paul. On the show. <laughs> I'm offended. Okay. I'm a part of hashtag offend me. I'll scrub. <laughs> you want me to scrubble that? Bit? No, I don't care. Puffet is what they are. I tell you what was better. It was the size of a cushion. Of a cushion. Like a sofa cushion. It was the size of a wow. sofa cushion. It was wow. fucking ridiculous. And she ate the whole thing. Is it? Wow. With chips. With loads of chips and fried egg on top. It's amazing though, isn't it? What the kid... Wait, like it... I mean, it was bigger than her stomach. Right. I don't understand. I, yeah. I've noticed this though. A lot of those extreme eaters hmm. are really slim. Maybe they just Ma- don't eat for months. But then your stomach shrinks, doesn't it? Yeah, but maybe they've got bendy stomachs. <laughs> you know what I mean? They All just right, doc- expand. Dr. Wooden. <laughs> <laughs> I diagnose you with bendy stomach. Um, 
you'll be great on that man versus food program <laughs> which is also crazy isn't it because you know the, to go from the wonder years to man versus food <laughs> The Wonder Years? Yeah, I always thought he looked like the kid from Wonder Years. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. He did I, And yeah. I actually thought he was the kid from Wonder Years for years. He was oh, on really? TV. Yeah, yeah was. I was just like, and then and then it wasn't. And I was like, oh, because I was so convinced. He <laughs> thought he'd given up on his acting career. Yeah. Just well, stuffing himself. Whatever happened to the kid from Wonder Years? Like... Weirdly, yeah. I was watching something the other day and his yeah. name came up as the producer. Oh, he went into producing? Yeah. What well, was his he name? He also did a sitcom, Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Fred Savage. That's such a savage name for That's him. a great name, isn't it? Fred Savage. And he doesn't look savage at all in the one day. No, he's not. No. Because the Wonder Years was a real part of my upbringing, because it was on. For, yeah. It was on for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from since they were, they were a kid up, and then they grew up with it, didn't they? Yeah. And I yeah, think that yeah. was the whole point of the show. And then the brother, the older brother, looked like his face was kind of squashed together. Wayne. Um, Wayne. Wayne yeah. became a professional wrestler. Oh, he looks like a wrestler. He became a professional wrestler, and there was. Is the, he called Wayne Savage by any chance? <laughs> That would have been a good name, wouldn't it? Wayne I, Savage. I don't know, I don't know. And there was that rumour, it was one of those urban myths that Paul, the, the kid with spectacles, grew up to be Marilyn Manson. Yes, yeah, because his name is Brian Warner or something. Something, but yeah, it's not. But it's not. No. But he does look like he could be Marilyn Manson, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, and I think Winnie became something like a math teacher. She looks like a math teacher. So there's nothing else to talk about the Manhattan other than... What a wonderful cocktail it is. What a wonderful cocktail. I feel like we should do some, like, um, what what Manhattan songs are there? Oh, I meant to do this and I forgot. I was going to print off the lyrics to Jay-Z's New York song and I thought we could rap. I'm too white to rap. <laughs> Said in a very posh perfect. I know, I know. I just feel like when uh, middle when posh middle class people like me rap it should just shouldn't happen okay you can rap because you're a bit you're a bit more urban <laughs> you're, you're a bit you're a bit more you can be you, you can be a pound pound shop rapper pound shop rapper <laughs> but you know you grew up in london you grew up in the main streets of london so you can have a bit of you can rap that can't you well i'm imagining like when you grew up in london you grew up and you had like a little peak hat and you had your chimney sweeping <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like you can see into my past what's the Jay-Z song now you're in New York yeah. New York but then there's the um, Adventure Time version which is I don't know making pancakes making bacon pancakes put the bacon well, that's in good. that's what he's gonna make <laughs> making pancakes making bacon pancakes <laughs> ah! we've actually literally brought the house down <laughs> Shit, shit, shit. Ow. Wow, we have literally folks <laughs> ripped the roof down on Reese's head. Oh we're, my god. We're gonna have to take a break <laughs> to repair the studio. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, we literally brought the house down. Fucking hell. <laughs> Too much excitement. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop laughing. What? Oh, God. Just when I got into my bacon pancakes song. <laughs> <laughs> Is 
this still recording? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. So. We have another drink. Like you know, fish uh, stock, fish oil that you put into food. Fish oil that you put into food. Yeah. You know the fish in a jar. Fish <laughs> in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what what what. Well, you know, you see it, and people are like, "Oh, I'll put some fish juice in, whatever it's called." You can see I don't do a lot of cooking. <laughs> I don't, I don't fish <laughs> juice. What are you talking about, man? I'm a bit discombobulated after that accident. I've been doing some digging into Manhattan. Not, oh yeah, not literally, but into the story of Manhattan. Really interesting. Oh, yeah. Loads of stuff that I didn't know. So we're going back to the 17th century, early 1600s. Right. And at that time, Manhattan is an island on the east coast of America. Okay. And there are various different Native American tribes all around that area. Right. Some tribes living on the island, other tribes living in areas around the island. And they're all trading with each other. Right, okay. And the name, actually, Manhattan, derives from a Native American term, which... It's pronounced something like Manhattan, something like that. Right. And it meant, or means, the place where we get bows. Oh, right. And there used to be a grove of hickory trees in the south end of the island. Right. They were good for making bows, and that was a good place to get your bow wood from. Right. Interesting. And that's where the name Manhattan comes from. Yeah. Then you've got the Dutch colonists come over. Right. And they acquire Manhattan Island. Right. They buy it from an unnamed group of native people. Right. For often translated as the figure of $24 now, that the Dutch bought Manhattan Island for $24 from the Native wow. Americans. People have worked out that actually it more translates to about $1,000 by this. Right. But God. Still, kind still of cheap. Very cheap, isn't cheap it? Cheap real estate. But the thing that I always found, I found interesting about that little detail yeah was that the native american tribe who sold the island yeah weren't the native american tribe who owned the island well of course well that's what well you wouldn't sell it if you owned it but i didn't think any native americans owned any i thought they were nomadic no there were loads of different tribes there were so many tribes right so it depends so some of them might have been nomadic yeah some of them are territorial yeah there was a tribe who lived on manhattan island right but a different tribe sold that island. God, so, and then, so what happened was, so when the Dutch turned, they were like, well, we own this island. And it's like, well, the other tribe sold it to us. Well, they just let them live there, but in the southern part. Right. So from that first settlement of the Dutch, yeah. then New York started to grow. First, it kind of got built on Manhattan Island. So we're looking at these old photos of 1870s Manhattan here, which are from the time that the Manhattan cocktail was created. And you can kind of see in one of them that although the whole island has now been built upon, it still looks like an, a more developed sort of frontier town. Oh, and this is the start of the bridge. Yeah, that's the Brooklyn Bridge. And that's the Brooklyn Bridge, right. It's really interesting to see, isn't it, the the early... Because I think um, something that I found interesting about watching the making of Gangs of New York... Oh, yeah. Is that... Um, what, and what period is that again? Is that the late 1800s? I think it's, I think it's this sort of time. Is that sort of Manhattan... yeah. Cocktail time. Cocktail time. I think it's is the uh, maybe it's a little bit before this. Maybe it's um. Well, shall I find out? Yeah, because it's quite interesting to give it context, isn't it? 
1863. 1863, okay. So it was a little bit, uh, well, it was kind of around that time. And then yeah. something that I found interesting about the making of is that um, the costumes in it, because when you watch the film, it almost looks like a pantomime. It looks ridiculous. It yeah. looks ridiculous, but they did a lot of historical uh, research into it. And the gangs of New York had those kind of aesthetics. Right. You had the pointy hat gang. Okay. You had the, the tall hat gang. You had the, the dandies. You had all these different gangs and they dressed like that. So actually there was a, an, an amazing amount of historical accuracy, but out of... Con well, because we see it in a film and out of its time, it looks completely ridiculous. It looks farcical. It I looks mean, like it doesn't, I, you know... Yeah, I always assumed... Because it's Scorsese, I did always assume that it's there for historically accurate reasons, mm. even, even though it looks a bit naff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always reminded me of the Warriors. Yes, yeah, yeah. But like a 19th century version of the yeah. Warriors. Yeah, but I think it I is. The Warriors. Yeah, but I think, it, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's funny, the Warriors, isn't it? It's one of those, like, cult classics, <laughs> isn't it? Warriors, come out to play! Like, um, yeah, it is. It's kind of what Warriors is kind of like Gangs of New York, and I think like New York in itself, isn't it? Is it's kind of what it is, isn't it? Manhattan, you've got all the yeah. different territories, you know, and it's kind of interesting yeah. the accents as well. Like, Brooklyn accent is like very, got, and like very Bronxy, and then the Bronx are very like earthy and like all, all in the Bronx, isn't it? You've got the five boroughs, haven't you? And yeah, the Manhattan cocktail. Th there are cocktails for four of the five boroughs. Manhattan, Bronx, Brooklyn. Queens. Queens and Staten Island. Yeah. And Staten Island is the only one that doesn't. There's a Staten Island ferry cocktail. Oh, right. But there isn't a Staten Island cocktail. No, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, it was funny about the ferry because I remember going out for a cigarette and the wind, I've never experienced wind like it. Like I could <laughs> barely open the door. And oh, then when okay. I got out, I was like, Woo! and then my cigarette was like, <laughs> like and then like getting back and actually that was probably one of the most eventful things of the Staten Island Ferry was just going outside into the freezing cold because New York is cold like I went in February and right. it's cold like it's quite weird to be in a major city like that and just have so much snow yeah because normally when you're in a city and it snows the snow just goes doesn't it but it was thick snow and it was really quite and i just remember right. the rats the rats oh, were really? like okay at night i've never seen anything like it like you walk down the street and like literally like hundreds like of rats to scurry away oh into God. bins and stuff wow. We were staying in Harlem. But New York is quite an amazing place. Have you been? No, it's, yeah, I would love to go to New York. There's a weird familiarity about New York, which I found really, really strange. I had... Super strange, because you've seen it so much on film and TV. I know what you mean, because I had that in San Francisco. Right. Like, everywhere just seemed really familiar. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of strange. I was like, it's like having a dream about somewhere and arriving in that place and kind of being like, I've never been here before, but I've dreamt it. And I think, yeah, mm -hmm. just because you've seen it so many times in films and stuff and just been like, oh, I recognise that place. Oh, yeah, it's because that was where they did Ghostbusters or that's where they did mm. King Kong or whatever. Right. I was just, just the scale of the buildings. I've never been to somewhere where the buildings were like mountains. So, so what New York is, is the state and the city and Manhattan is well, the island yeah so the Dutch were the first to colonise it right buying it for 60 guilders wow and then they named it New Amsterdam then there was these wars with the English the English won they took over the territories they called it New York because 
the king gifted it to the Duke of York. But the interesting bit of this yeah. is there's a particular reason right. that Manhattan and this area was so coveted. It was like a key trading hub. Right. And it was so important to the Europeans right. that the French, the Dutch and the English all went to war over it right. numerous times. Right, because they wanted it. Do you know what it was that they were fighting over? There was a particular thing that, that the Native Americans were trading to them. Oh, um, was it beaver pelts? Yes! Ah! Fucking beavers! Yeah, beaver pelts, yeah. They were beaver wars. They yeah. were called the beaver wars. The beaver wars, yeah. And I that was what I thought of that was the beaver wars. Because, of course, that's what the reverence all about, the film. Yes. Uh, they're course, all, I've only ever watched half of that. But it's, yeah, well, yeah, it's all about the, the beaver trappers. And, yeah. and in that period, something like, you know, a million or three, ten million or something crazy beavers were killed. They were, yeah, they almost drove them to extinction. Almost, yeah. So, like, yeah, for 200 years. They're really sought after, weren't they, beaver hats and beaver... I think there's something about the fur. So, beaver fur was used to make hats. Yeah. It made felt that made hats. Made hats, yeah. Well, I guess if you're... I mean, like, you know, areas in Europe get just as cold as America, don't they? And And they didn't have any modern-day materials like we have now. No. For insulation. So, actually, you kind of need... You need that fur. And and if you think, probably, in Europe, a lot of our wildlife by then would have been killed off quite a bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because... Because America was this new land that hadn't been industrialized yeah. like Europe had. So they're probably like, wow, gosh, shit, this is really important, actually. Because, you know, they didn't have central heating. So one thing I found out reading about this was that the beaver coats worn by the Native Americans were especially prized and were valued. They? Because they'd been worn in. Right. And some of that processing work had been done by being worn. Oh, interesting. But there was something about the quality of beaver fur that it it lent itself to being made into felt particularly well. Right. And in the process of making felt, use mercury. Right. And that's where you get the whole mad as a hatter. Oh, interesting. Thing from people working in that industry. Right. Making felt, breathing in mercury fumes. Right. But actually what that refers to, the effects of mercury poisoning... It's actually depression and an inability to experience positive feelings. Oh, really? And so that would lead to suicidal thoughts and actual suicide. Right, right. So it wasn't psychosis. That phrase doesn't relate to psychosis, which is what I always imagined. Right. It actually related to depression. Right. And that a lot of people in that industry ended up killing themselves. God. Because it caused brain damage, basically, because it causes brain damage. And that brain damage created mental health problems. Well, I think, and I think back then, anyone with mental health problems were just considered crazy. You're just mad. Well, if you no had... tr- yeah, there's no treatment. For yeah, that. and and it's kind of so that's really interesting. Mad as a hatter because I, I I knew it was somehow to do with mercury, but I didn't know that it was in the process of making beaver felts. It's interesting as well. Beavers um, are such an important part of ecosystems. Um, their dams that they create create whole new habitats. Yeah, uh, they they move rivers and waters. Um, they create ponds. They create and actually they 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 are so industrious. They take down so many trees that that actually creates new life for trees to grow. Have I ever told you my beaver world story? No. Many years ago. Yeah. Like a big warehouse full of motorcycles. Yeah. And I wanted to go and check out this big warehouse full of motorcycles. Yeah. And I persuaded my friend to drive down there. 
with the lore that very close by there existed Beaver World. Right. And so, okay, let, yeah, let's drive down there. Let's go and check out the bikes and let's check out Beaver World. So we checked out the bikes. That wasn't very exciting. Right. So, right, well, we'll make it up. We're going to go to Beaver World now. That's going to be fun. Be- and there's all these signs. Beaver World, Beaver World, Beaver World. And eventually find this place that's a bit like, it looks like a bit like a garden centre from the outside. Yeah. But you can't see what's inside. And so then you go through the entrance and you get like, you pay an entrance fee. And you're all sighted to like, ring on the beavers. But you're forced to walk through this. I can only describe it like a very narrow corridor that twists and turns right. constantly. And, right. and the corridors were lined with kind of drawings and posters telling the entire history of the, from the dawn of the earth. But they all look like they've been done by primary school children. Right, right. And it goes on for ages. Right. You know, they're building up this beaver thing, aren't they? Because it's like, wow, you know, from the dawn of time, man, and animals. Yeah, yeah. And around every corner, you're like, shut, no, 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 there's more of this history of the world. Finally, there's a door. Right. Open the door. And you're in beaver world. (laughs) And what it was was like a large pond. Yeah. And it was pissing down with rain. And there's one beaver (laughs) swimming sadly around the pond in the rain. That was Beaver World. Oh, man. That was Britain's Beaver World. Britain's Beaver World. Why did you go there? To see the beavers. You call a place Beaver World. Yeah. You expect to see multiple beavers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel sorry for the one beaver just by himself as well. I mean, I guess technically that was that one beaver's world. <laughs> <laughs> we went to um, Drew Siller's um, oh, yeah, Drew a Siller. couple of years ago. Yeah. And um, I remember saying to Josh, I was like, do we look all right in here? Because like, everyone was with their kids and we were just like <laughs> two people without kids. I was like, we gonna we going to have a suspicious looks. Like, why have you come here without children? We had a great time there, actually. It was really nice to see all the monkeys running around. See all the children. See all the children. <laughs> yeah, there were loads of really cool things there that I'm trying to remember their names, but they were like, there was, there was the one bit that I really remember is that there was, um, it was like a, like a very beautiful um, cat that can kill shit um <laughs> you know it was like beautiful cat that can kill shit well it was kind of like like because i've seen people um have them as luxury pets but they're like so they're like a house cat but bigger so they're in between like a cheetah and a house cat and they've got very long ears and they look like they look like predator cats right you definitely wouldn't leave a child with a cat okay and um the bit i remember was this like the cat was staring and the, these two parents were like, oh, look. And, and they had a little baby right. in the carriage. And they were like, oh, my God, look. Oh, look, he loves you. Oh, they're so interested. God, look how interested the cat is at, at our lovely child. Right. And me and Josh were just like, oh, my God, that cat wants to eat your child. Dinner. It's thinking lunch. It's yeah. licking its lips. And right. the parents were just like completely oblivious to the fact that they just wanted to eat it. And it was just such a, it was such an interesting insight into, into the human sort of mind of, of, of how we just want to be like noticed, how we want things to, to notice us. I think human beings often relate to animals in very strange ways. We do. You know, it's quite, I just find that quite interesting, the kind of our relationship with animals, because I think we do, you know, you see a lot of tribal cultures embody 
animals and we and we still do that don't we we dress up you know the mm. phrase peacocking getting all dressed up getting all like feathered up you know guys getting all preened up and everything and dancing you know the, like a lot of our dancing is mimicked from animals you know a lot of our sexual kind of foreplay is often mimicked by tigers and lions and do you know what i mean like mimicking yeah and yeah. cats you know cats are very sexual aren't they you know, the way they slut around and they want things and they're like, oh, love me. Don't love me. Love me. But you know what I mean? Cats are so slutty. I used to live with a cat called Pancake and, um, and she was a slut. She was. She would just be like, every time you, she, every time you saw her, she'd go like that. And then she'd lie on the floor and go, oh, love me. And then you could move her along the floor and you could spin her around and she just loved it. And she'd just be like, oh, love me more. And then you would stop and she'd be like why are you not loving me <laughs> I remember like once like this is really gross I love I was stroking her and then she sprayed whatever it was oh. in her all over my keyboard and all over me and it was the probably the foulest smelling thing I'd ever smelt in my life <laughs> Like sort of cat spray, whatever. Like, she was obviously, like, hormoned up. She was really, like, flirtatious that night as well. <laughs> so obviously, her juices were literally flowing. Oh, no, 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 stop. Stop there. Time, <laughs> Time for the quiz. Quiz, quiz, bring the quiz on. Are you ready, everybody? Welcome back to Who Wants to Be a Cocktail? And this week, we have on the show today, Paul. <laughs> Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Wouldn't that be like a really great hell where you're just constantly on a quiz show? On my quiz show. You can, just as a concept of hell, a quiz show that you're constantly on and you can never leave. You can never win. Yeah, like yeah. no one engages yeah. with you in a real way and the audience laughing. Yeah, yeah well, I, there's quite a few daytime quiz shows like that at the moment, aren't there? Because there's yeah. quite a lot of quiz shows I've noticed on during the day where, you know, it's like, wow, you won £200. Oh, can you get the next question? Could you win the big jackpot of £350? Is that all they're giving away? Some some of them can be really super stingy. And you're wow. like, wow, God, that wasn't even worth getting out of bed for. No, yeah. And then it's like so difficult to get it. And then it's like, oh, sorry, you, you actually leave with nothing. <laughs> absolutely it's cost, zero it's cost you to get there yeah 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 <laughs> you're yeah, out of yeah. pocket for being on the show so uh, we are talking about the Manhattan cocktail mm-hmm. and as you know I like to uh, make it topical and just to remind everyone they're all artists they're all contemporary artists right. that uh, the cocktail links up to so the ingredients for this one one ounce of Amontillado Sherry one ounce of tomato syrup, one ounce of fresh lemon juice, two dashes of Angostura bitters. Right, everybody. Cryptic clue number one. I am dandy and handy. A pop kaleidoscope of red, white, and blue. I canned art and turned it into silver. And finally, I realized TV before it became the reality. So, everybody, write into nogarnish at fastmail.fm and we would love to hear your responses. And you will win 10,000 million cocktail points, which can be traded in for our love and affection. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Last week, last uh, podcast, 
my cryptic quiz clue was my art freed me from a life of pain and illness that I was born into and while sticks and stones broke my bones my artwork always lived on the next clue was unanimously I might frown and through the pain and flowers I grew my own fame that outshone and outshined long after the day of my death and the final one was I am a maker of my own surreal visage with flowers, animals, fruit and watermelon I now posthumously have my own mania named after me the first of my kind to be in the Louvre I am free, I am unique, I am a monolith but never monochromatic I am Frida Kahlo you are and you got that very very quickly I was so impressed you actually got it from the cocktail from the actual cocktail which is which is amazing um everyone at home if you got if you got it right great um the the connection was my art freed me from a life of pain and illness and Frida Kahlo, the way that she got into making art was that she uh, she was in a tragic trolley accident that broke many of her bones, including a spinal column. And she spent several months in a full body cast. And while she was recovering in bed, she picked up a paintbrush to help pass the time. And from that point, she was an artist. So that was the whole, um, while sticks and stones broke my bones, my artwork always lived on. Mm. And then um, through a long running uh, career... Uh, she painted a lot of, you know, flowers and, you know, her artwork's very sort of flowery and all that sort of stuff. I'm a bit drunk. <laughs> I'm quite drunk. It was really hard to read and, and be drunk, I'm discovering. Um, and then another point was unanimously. So there's lots of, like, uni and monolith and monochrome. Mm. And it's because, you know, famously she had a monobrow. Mm. And then I, I put the her artwork, um, her own fame, outshone and outshined long after the day of my death was a little hint to the day of the dead which obviously is the mexican festival i didn't get that one okay um and then you know the maker of my own surreal visage flowers animals fruit and watermelon while the watermelon is uh her last painting depicted of watermelons and then i finished you know she was the first so the first mexican artist to have her work in the louvre as well Mm -hmm. so yeah lots of little clues in in there that link to her life did you did you make the frida carlo drink no i didn't actually but you did make the geiger one didn't you yeah yeah the geiger one was okay was it it was a bit like an aviation but it's okay from the specs of the frida carlo it looks pretty much like a pretty solid margarita if yeah i thought yeah that'll be right yeah that'd be right this one not sure about wow i I don't know i'm intrigued i might make it just because you're quite intrigued. Yeah, I want to make tomato syrup. Mm, that sounds disgusting. It does, doesn't yeah. it? Um, thank you so much, Paul, for this drink. Oh, I really not... enjoyed it. Oh, you're very welcome. We're not done yet. No, we're not. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, feedback. I love um, feedback. Mine isn't human feedback. Oh, it's cat feedback. Is it, <laughs> is it sexy cat time? <laughs> sexy feline cat time. Is that what you'd like? <laughs> is that what you want, darling? Give us your best purr. <laughs> you might be listening to the podcast on Spotify, but we actually host it on Anchor. And I discovered Anchor Analytics. Oh, interesting. And you can see for each episode, like the retention rates. Is it about uh, 30 seconds? <laughs> well, on an encouraging note, yeah. most episodes 
people will listen to the whole thing. Wow. So, oh my thank, God. Thank you so much. Bloody hell. People for doing that. People actually listen to us for a whole 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah wow. for most episodes, people listen to the whole thing. God, thank you so much. And I also, like, um, we're also on Podbay. I was yeah. listening to something on Podbay, and in the search bar of Podbay, I noticed it says, search over 30 million podcasts and episodes. Wow. So if you've managed to find us out yeah. of 30 million podcasts and episodes, again, thank wow. you so much. That's amazing. That's incredible, isn't it? That is incredible. And, um, and, and thank you so much for being part of our weird, obscure podcast, because it's lovely to have people listening to us. It is. Let me tell you the exceptions to those listening rules. Yeah. I thought this was quite interesting. Yeah. Right. So in the Doc Brown episode, yeah. one in five listeners stop listening yeah. at the point where you talk about seeing your first live Willie on television. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I thought, fuck you, you homophobic dicks. <laughs> Uh, so I I banished a fifth of our listeners for talking about Willie, and it's particularly at the point when you say the word Willie. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Was there a lead up to me talking about Willies? Was not much just of, like not much of one. This is just no. You, you're relating that anecdote about about staying up late to see your first Willie. Oh shit. So one in five people don't like don't like me waffling about my experiences of, of living. No. No, I'm not saying yes, I'm agreeing with that. No, because that's what you do in every <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> and no one has objected to any that's of the other what, stuff. That's what I have to bring viewers. I don't have any facts or no, knowledge. No, I just thought... my human existence. I know. But... My existential existence. And people are listening and they're loving it. I I just thought it was really interesting that that, like, I don't know, I, that just struck me as like, oh, that's some sort of really homophobic response. Or, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, just willies are so I mean, just you, abhorrent to, to think about. Um, well, one in five people apparently agrees with that well, statement. Well, I don't blame them. They are pretty disgusting to look at. Well, that's why I thought, let's put this at the end and let's see if it has the same reaction. <laughs> well, yeah, but most people would be switching off by now anyway. <laughs> well, no, people listen to the end, you see. So oh, it'd be interesting if on this episode there's like a sudden cut off at that point. <laughs> Willy! Willy, 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 Willy. If it's any consolation... You only had one in five people turn yeah. off to something you said. One in three people stop listening to the French 75 episode at the point when I say, let me tell you more about marine chronometers. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to know anything more about... I didn't even <laughs> want to know anything about marine chronometers, let, let alone more. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a shame because they... Well, mean, funny enough, that like, was the moment I switched off as well. No, I'm joking. I love your facts. Unfortunately, they missed then exciting stuff about Vikings. Well, and totally. arguing about Vikings, but that's their loss, I figure. Strangely enough, I have to play a Viking in the next play that I'm doing on really uh, on my act course. Um, so there you go. There, there's there's some um, that's really interesting. Some analytic. analytical data from oh, I love the podcast. It. Sometimes, like ignorance is bliss. Do that's, you know what I mean? That's certainly how I felt looking at it. Right, right. Yeah, that yeah. actually is better not to know. Yeah, which is silly because instead of focusing on the fact, well, okay, the majority of episodes, people listen to the whole thing. That's amazing. But instead, my negative brain starts focusing, oh, why, do, why does one in five people 
stop listening at that point. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's oh. just very much like a human a human condition, though. And I don't know why, as people, we... Because I think it's a shared psychological thing that we focus in more on criticism than we do on positive affirmation. And I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. Is it because we just don't believe the positive affirmation? And we believe that the criticism is more real? Or is it because mm. we just want to be liked by everyone? We want to just... We just want pure satisfaction is it to down with our dopamine satisfaction kind of chemical release that we are just craving for all the time mm. and as soon as we have anything critical it interferes with that do you yeah. know what i mean it's quite i find it quite fascinating yeah it is interesting and particularly in our modern comparison culture that we live in the social media it's yeah. just constantly seeking affirmation yes yes and um and you know one of the things that I take from doing this podcast is the idea that actually I have so much fun chatting mm. and joking with you and drinking lovely, beautiful cocktails and learning about the um, the history and all these kind of strange facts that that's that's a real joy for itself. And, and for people to come along this journey with us is just absolutely fantastic. It's, it's cool, such a isn't blessing, it? isn't it? Yeah, I love it. I love I love the recording. It's really fun. I really enjoy doing the research. I love You're really the, good at it. I love, thank you. I love seeing your reactions to the drinks. <laughs> it's good. We're having a good time. Yeah. And so if you're listening and you're also having a good time, great. Job done. Yeah, thank you. Let's all have a good time. Well, actually, that leads on to my... Um, my next feedback so mm. thank you so much from Kate and Max um, uh, Kate told me that uh, her partner Max had been listening to our podcast from okay. her recommendation and uh, he'd actually listened to three in a row Blimey. and um, and he said that um, if I remember correctly that he thought you know it was a really nice interesting mix between fact and anecdote and chats and nonsense and nonsense and just an interesting sort of lovely balance and that you know um we have a good chemistry together and actually quite a few people who've given us feedback have mentioned about our chemistry so <laughs> <laughs> so baby <Yeah. laughs> let's get it on let's get it on <laughs> i'm yeah you're you're welcome to my wise <laughs> <laughs> which is which is Morgan the weird one or is he the straight guy you're large to my little <laughs> I'm always I'm always like every time I'm like you're, friends with someone it's always Laurel and Hardy it's because you're the funny one is it yeah. but Laurel wasn't well, Hardy wasn't funny which I can't remember which yeah he was which. he was well the big one you know he was the one who was always trying to quite seriously to get a job done right right but he was just con in incompetent he right. would always blame Stan wouldn't he yeah. so you're just saying I'm stubborn and incompetent <laughs> <laughs> with a face that, that you laugh at that, that went the wrong way didn't it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've had that. I think when you're when you're a big guy, I think you have that because I think a lot of the comedy pairings are like big little, aren't they? I don't know. I think like it's like chalk and cheese, though, isn't it? People that find you funny might find me incredibly annoying. Well, I'm, like, not, I'm not funny though. You are funny. <laughs> I don't think I'm funny. You're, you know, you are. You've got like a dry sense of humour. That's not. That's not like dissect to why why you're funny because then that won't be yeah, okay. funny. Yeah, okay. But right. like you're you're drier. I'm much wetter. Like, <laughs> My sense of humour is quite wet. Like, are we going back into like cat spaying territory? Again? Yeah. <laughs> like, I like Stop to spraying me. Stop. I spray my humour all over the place. 
my, my you know whereas your your sense of humor is much more dry and savage and like you know like whereas i'm you know so in some ways i i and i often like set myself up to lead myself into traps i quite uh, okay. like setting the right. traps up for myself because i don't ever feel like we're trying to be funny we, we just make each other laugh well i think that's what's quite nice about it actually isn't it <laughs> i think we'd be doomed if we actually tried to make people laugh we, uh, well like a stand-up i'm not like comedy we're not comedians we're just two idiots talking about cocktails speak for yourself thank you very much darling <laughs> yeah oh, and you. also kate, you. kate and max suggested that we okay. should progress into youtube and actually have it videoed <sighs> and have our faces shown to the world and they think that. we would do much better on youtube than we would as a as an audio podcast and i said that you wouldn't hate that idea because no. you but you say that we've got um faces for radio faces for radio <laughs> And I love the thing is I love the medium of radio and podcast. Right, right. I don't have that affinity for YouTube. Right, right. I oh, know you do. You like video. The only thing that I would be worried about is becoming so famous that people just recognise me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like No Garnish becomes such a massive global hit that my life is forever changed and I just can't go to the shops anymore because everyone recognises me. Oh my God, and I have to have private security just to go to the co-op. That's what I worry about. Is so it? maybe it's best that we don't. I, I think it's a valid concern. It is a valid so concern. Let's, yeah. let's put that, let's park it to the side for the moment. <laughs> but I think maybe in the future we might go, might go video. Because I reckon you'll get used to it. Do you know I might do idea. what Dishwasher Pete did and just get someone else to be me? <laughs> <laughs> or like do you like remember when Prince was in his slave phase and right. just wore like a chainmail veil <laughs> I could do that uh, are you going to be the podcast in fact, Paul, I would formerly be, known as Paul yeah I'd be happy to appear on YouTube but only on the condition I can wear a veil made of I don't know bacon maybe <laughs> like a Lady Gaga veil yeah maybe change it up if you <laughs> spaghetti <laughs> spaghetti veil <laughs> I love it that's my condition I love it <laughs> if I can do that I'm in you know what that we probably get loads of viewers that just probably, alone I'm just thinking that it probably would wouldn't it <laughs> you with a spaghetti veil <laughs> <laughs> Spaghetti veil sounds like, like you know, like Bohemian Grove, but you've got spaghetti veil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some shit estate up north. <laughs> spaghetti veil. Well, like Milton Keynes. Yeah, yeah, spaghetti yeah. Veil. Yeah, some close in Milton Keynes. <laughs> Where do you live? Ah, oh, spaghetti veil. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm living with Ravioli Crescent. <laughs> Ravioli Crescent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, thanks, Kate and Max. That's just you've just inspired a whole. <laughs> hey, so before we go, just got to roll the dice, see what we're drinking next. Oh week. yeah, what we're we drinking next week? Roll the dice. Oh, it's number three. Number three is. The espresso martini. Oh, I love an espresso martini. Excellent. I've been wanting to do a coffee cocktail. Oh, do you know it's one of my favourite cocktails? Well, that's what we're drinking next week. Oh, I can't wait. Time to um, sign out. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. For listening. Uh, (laughs) See you next time. See you next time. You can't say see you next time. It's rude. Because you're basically saying cunt. (laughs) 
<laughs> See you in the future time. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> should put you in a drawer. <laughs> you see, I think when you let Wolfie creativity flourish, brilliant things happen. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? My publicist will have a word with you. You done? Yeah. <laughs>